your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. William Garcia, the Lacrosse County Democratic Party chair, in Hi. with me. The Democratic Party convention happening in Wisconsin last weekend. Uh, Governor Evers and all, just about everybody running for office. Yeah, and most politicians, I would say, in Wisconsin, would you say? Oh, Democratic they were all Party? here. It they was were amazing. All, they were all here. We had a huge uh, reproductive rights abortion rally in the lobby of the Lacrosse Center. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. All of our area politicians. We had uh, Milwaukee Governor Cavalier Johnson. We, I mean, uh, we had Governor Evers. We had Senator Baldwin. Everyone was was there supporting reproductive rights in this country. So everything that happens at the convention, I get it. But what happens at night? Where does where do all of you politicians? Did you go? Did you hit the town? Where where were the parties? What was that like? So some of the parties are in the are in the convention center. Uh, basically, a candidate will kind of rent out a room or a couple of rooms and throw a big party so that supporters can come by, meet the candidate, talk to them one on one, et cetera, et cetera. But then things like that kind of happen all over town. Yeah. So all over, like at bars around and things like that. There were, um, I believe, there was a big Mandela Barnes event the Sunday at the bodega Sunday right after the convention. So a lot of things like that happen as well. Yeah, Mandela's been to the bodega a couple of times. He must like beer. I don't know for that for a fact, but that's. I mean, the bodega is kind of known for having a lot of beers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then that we had that huge rally the, on, like you said, on Sun. No, was it Saturday. on Saturday? Um, and then what else? What else did we do at the at the convention at the Lacrosse Center? Well, there was a lot of time for kind of meeting with the different groups. Um, a lot of the morning of Saturday is dedicated to members talking in their caucus groups. So you know, a lot of people join various caucuses. There's a labor caucus, an environmental caucus, an LGBTQ caucus, Latino Black caucus, Native Indian caucus, and a lot more. Uh, disability caucus, I'm forgetting some. And so if you are members of those caucuses, this is a great time to meet uh, people from around the state who are in your caucuses that you don't get to meet in person all the time, talk about your issues, debate your issues. And also it's a good time for politicians to come in and say, uh, and address your caucus specifically. So, you know, if you're a member of the LGBTQ caucus, then uh, a politician will come in and specifically talk about what they're doing that affects this caucus. Well, and there's probably a back and forth then too, right? Yeah, like they, the politician you can, can tell them. And... You could tell people what's going on. It's a really great way of kind of connecting and communicating with your legislators. What would you say is the most important thing that happens at the convention though, over those two days? I think it's the passing of all of the resolutions. It's not as like, you know, exciting or fun as listening to the big uh, political speeches and things like that. But the resolutions are every two, every year we pass resolutions that basically say here is what the membership of the party the the people that you know pay their $25 a year to join the democrats here is what they are thinking and it's just a kind of list of our beliefs our ideology what we're fighting for what we're working to protect what's important to the democratic party the the people Human that rights. yeah no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's exactly, it's what's important. Exactly. And and we're going to have a podcast on Monday that will just kind of go, go we'll break through down. all of the resolutions and just kind of talks about. And I think it works as a great kind of counter to the the GOP resolutions from a couple of weeks ago, which was another podcast. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you want to get in here, shoot me a text. If you want to get in here and talk to William, you got a question for the Democratic Party chair of La Crosse County, William Garcia. Give us a call. 608-785-7914.
I gotta get a feel for what you, you. Every time you're in here, you introduce me to a song I, I usually have, have right. never heard. Well, it's heard usually before. weirdo alternative '90s rock. Is and that's all right. Last time I remember it with Depeche Mode, and I was like, yes, I, I do like this song, and that was a, a very popular song. But this one, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, this is a great song. This is one of the the best road trip albums of all time. Matthew Sweet. Matthew Sweet, girlfriend, did the same. This song, but it's also the album. Okay, so now I'm like, yeah, I know this song. Yeah. Not not one that's in my repertoire, though. And now we're going to get rid of it. Lacrosse County Democratic Party Chair William Garcia in here with me on a Friday. You going to go check out Riverfest? Yeah, I probably will. Probably sometime this weekend. Wander around a little bit. I think I'll probably do that right after the show, as long as we're right here or something to go. Go check it out. See what's happening down there at Riverfest. If anyone wants to do that, it goes on through Monday. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If anyone wants to call, they got a question. We had the Democratic Party convention in here. If anyone has a question about what went down last weekend, William Garcia's in here. He was, uh, you kind of hosted it. How did you feel about hosting? I mean, that had to feel pretty cool to, to have the party convention oh, it, in it, here. It felt amazing, uh, you know, uh, and it was, it was brought here because the Democratic Party knows how important lacrosse is to this upcoming election. With Ron Kind retiring, uh, making sure that Democrats hold on to that seat. Most political pundits around the country believe that Wisconsin's third CD, of which lacrosse is the largest population center, is the seat that will decide the control of the U.S. House, whether it's Republican or Democrat. So everything is going to come down to lacrosse, and this is just a really great way of them acknowledging that. I believe we have four people running on the Republican side for governor. And me and Trigoski talked about this yesterday, so I don't want to rehash it. You can go and listen to it. But we we played an interview. No, we played a a debate clip from a conservative talk show host on the other side of the state, just asking Clayfish and asking, not Rantham, Kevin Nicholson, if they thought the election was stolen, yes or no. And neither of them could say yes or no. Right, And that's the horrible thing. I mean, at least if you're going to, if you're going to cater to this big lie, at least like own it, like at least have the guts to come out and say, the election was stolen. I mean, of course it wasn't. All, all evidence, all proof to the contrary. Every rational person would come out and say, no, the election was not stolen. But if you are going to like attempt to garner votes by pretending that the election was rigged, at least have the guts to say that instead of saying, oh, well, I can't say one way or the other, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's just cowardice. How do you think this tune changes after the primary? Right, because they're at this point they're trying to beat other Republicans, and then they're right. trying to out Republican the Republican without going at this point without right. saying yes or no. They're trying to walk well, the I line mean, it here. It seems pretty clear that the Republican strategy for governor is to turn out the base uh, from the race that's being run right now on the Republican side. They do; they are not interested in garnering in in capturing independents. Okay, they are interested in running as far right as absolutely possible. But that's what I'm saying is they're doing that now. But after the primary, you think so. But then, but, but they are doing that knowing that in order to win the governorship, which I think they're not going to do, thankfully, it's going to be all about turning out their base. Yeah. Okay. And, and keeping other people away from the polls. It's a different strategy than uh, like attempting to get independent voters it's trying attempting to get independent voters to stay home while your base really goes out and forced to vote. Okay, because yeah, I, think I was it's wondering a bad strategy, but that's what they're doing. All right, and then what about their their complaints that we have the primary vote in August? That's which, awful. Which only gives us September and October. It's terrible. It is ludicrous. the The primary should be in March or April, like in other states. This is really an outlier. 
And okay. for both Republicans and Democrats, it is ludicrous that the primary is this late. So we found some yeah, from oh, I got, bipartisan. Yeah, I got common ground with that. I think that we need to have the primary, like I said, in, in um, April or March um, so that both sides have a chance to really mount a good campaign so that we have chance to really see the differences. This, this two-month sprint from the primary to the general is no fun. Okay, I'll argue that we, uh, as a society, are already decided who we're going to vote for no, I, in, in terms of the final vote. When, it, when I want to pick who I want to be the governor, I've already decided. I'm going to need more time to figure out what one of the eight senators running or what one of the four third congressional U.S. House district people well, are we've running. We've had plenty of time to do that. Is it five? There are four. four people running for the House. For, for the House, for, okay. Cause, for, yeah, well, that's five what... with the Republicans. So um, we've had plenty of time to make those primaries. They've been running for a year. All right, but There's I don't, I don't want them to that. run for a year either. I don't want them to run <laughs> for a year either, but, but I think that we could easily start exactly when they started, hear from them for six months, Make an informed quality decision and then have six the months between six months. the primary and the general to really see and feel the distinction between the two candidates that are most likely to win. But you get where I'm coming from, right? I, I, Do you know anyone that's going to go, let's just pretend that no, uh, Brad Path. You know, I, I always acknowledge uh, I live in a very in a in a very kind of political bubble where I am paying attention all the time. And I, there's, that's totally not the experience for, I would say, most Wisconsinites. Most Wisconsinites are not really paying attention to politics right now. And so uh, I have to acknowledge that, yeah, uh, there are people that are going to make up their mind later. Well, that's what I'm saying is, we, then, therefore, we should give the candidates in the primary more time because we, don't no, get, no, no. we need to get to know these people. No, no, because we've already gotten to know them. What we need to do is... Because you seem to be saying that there are people that are like, I know I'm going to vote for this person or this person, and that's it. No, but I, I I'm saying I, I know I'm going to vote for the D or the R. It doesn't. Oh, see, and, and that's what I think is inaccurate. You think that's I, inaccurate? You yeah, think, think when that, when think Derek that, Van Orden and Brad Path, let's just use him. No, I think there's a great. I mean, uh, uh, there was a, a great poll that came out uh, that was something like Van Orden is nine points ahead until. Um, you tell people what his policies are, and then he's dead even with the Democrats. Well, he's also nine points ahead of a question mark, right? right. Exactly. And so what I'm trying to say is that um, there are lots of people that have that uh, they don't need to know the primary people. They need to know who's running as the D, who's running as the R, and we need a lot more time to interact with who those people are and how they're going to debate each other, the policies they're going to bring forward. Because, I mean, not every Democrat is the same. And so you need time to hear from the actual candidate, not the D, not the R, but the actual candidate about their policies, their hopes for the future, and then make a good decision. So you're and saying you need more time to hear that. You're saying because I have five candidates, I don't have enough time to de- like. There's too much time there because I can still digest well, what remember, each of the five. It's it's not really five candidates. It's one or, versus a question mark, right? We need to get we need less time to to have that question mark and more time for the actual one on one race. It is interesting too because I you know because uh, like Clayfish Michaels Rantham and Kevin Nicholson, they want less. They want less time for the public to get to know them, right? 
and they just want to get it over with so that they could start attacking Evers is my head is they they're they're attacking each other right now they're they're right. and, and they want to move on from that that's where i'm coming from democrats aren't and i i don't know if they're attacking each other as much a lot of them are all attacking michaels cuz he sh- he shot sure. to the top of the top of the food chain here I don't. I don't know if Democrats. There's a little bit of attacking in the Senate in the Senate race, and maybe a little bit of attacking in the third congressional district race. But I. Just, I just feel like the whole time I can get to know all these people, and I. But it, the, the August to November does seem like a short window to yeah, try to figure it out. It's too short. We really need to move the primary up. But that's interesting. You feel that way. The Republicans feel that way. Why? Why don't we just change it then? It would take bipartisan votes, and those are few and far between these days. Don't you think Sadly. that? I mean, if if the governor candidates feel that way, and you must you must feel the, the way most Democratic candidates feel, right? Do you ever? I don't ask? want to speak for everyone, but I, I I think most people agree that the window to the between the primary and the general is too short. Okay, so yeah, maybe get it done. Is the state legislature able to? Oh wait, they're out of session. All right, out of session until next year when this election's over and people won't be thinking about it anymore. Out of session since March, out of session until next year, full time state legislature. I like to, I'm I'm doing this every day now instead of once a week. That makes sense. It's an 80s song? Yes. Okay. It has a very 80s. That's very 80s. That was just straight up 80s. 608-785-7914 if you want to get in here. La Crosse County Democratic Party Chair William Garcia in studio with me hanging out on a Friday of heading into the 4th of July weekend. Sounds like I've convinced you now we're both going to wander over to Riverfront. Yeah, probably. I'll probably wander. (laughs) We're right here. We're right here anyway. Um, Okay, so I I just want to get your take on... Now, me and Dr. Anthony Jagowski at UW Lacrosse, we talked about the Fred Preen uh, Wisconsin DNR case in the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, quite a bit yesterday, and just how and Chagoski even kind of went off on how a, a, a Supreme Court, whether it's nationally or in the state, can can do what it's doing, but it might not go along with the will of the people, and therefore, what it does might the people might over like like just kind of not listen. It was it was a little complicated right. where he was coming from, but. What are, what is your take on where we're at? Because I, the U.S. Supreme Court has passed a bunch of past. I don't even know what you call it. Like just made some decisions on a right. bunch of things that I don't agree with. Ludicrous decisions. And I don't think a lot of people agree with, but Republicans certainly agree with. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, Republicans agree with it. Uh, they're the minority of the country, but um, uh, because we have basically installed, as we talked about a little bit, um, five of the nine Supreme Court justices were installed by presidents that were elected with a minority of the voters in the country. Um, and uh, they are enacting a kind of horribly dystopian uh, view of the world. So, uh, we, I mean, abortion rights, gay marriage, contraception, uh, who you love, all of these are up for debate. Yeah, you kind of mentioned off the air because Roe v. Wade essentially gets overturned left to the states, but I'll just say it gets overturned. And the Clarence Thomas wrote the the majority opinion no, there. No, he wrote a concurring concurring opinion, opinion. and and so he he included some scary thoughts in there. Yep. I, the only one he didn't include was um, what uh, like uh, not same sex marriage, but interracial se- yep. interracial marriage because his wife is a white woman. So why you know? But if it weren't the case, he might have added oh, no, that I too. I think he would vote to overthrow that. Overthrow his own marriage. It might, it, well, it won't overthrow his marriage. It'll just it'll affect other people, not him. So he'll. Right, for it. but he but he adds in uh, what uh, did you say? Contra- what were the things he included in that opinion? Uh, contraception, gay marriage, gay sex, 
and um, uh, it might have been abortion it. to ooh, yeah. There's one more I'm thinking of right now, but yeah. But yeah, gay, gay marriage and gay sex like that that yep. will be forbidden. Um, we, and if you read about the accounts of of, of some of that that stuff, uh, we we talked about it on the podcast too. Just the way that uh, LGBTQ rights at the are being beginning. eroded at a horrifying rate right now. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're gonna go to the phones here. If you want to throw those headphones on, I, I, is this Kevin? Yeah. Hey, Kevin, you're on the air Hi. with William Garcia. Go ahead, okay. man. Hey, Rick, how are you doing? Hey, I'm just tuning in, so I don't know. I, I gotta catch what you guys have been talking about. I just wanted to ask your guest: uh, Does he does he think? Uh, Former President Trump is going to get charged with his uh, his uh, finger in the cookie jar, so to speak, with the January 6th insurrection. You know, a few weeks ago, someone asked me that, and I said probably not. Um, but but I'm actually starting to come around and say yes. I think charging, yes. I'm not saying that he'll be convicted of a crime. Uh, that's going to be a, a rough and difficult trial. But uh, the more information that has come out over the past few weeks, uh, I just think that the the Justice Department will really have no choice but to take it to court and see what a jury says. So I think, yes, I think being charged is is very likely at this point. Uh, again, that's going to take years and years, and I'm not saying it will get a conviction, uh, but it, I think being charged is looking a lot more probable now. I, I get some of these opinions uh, over the text line, over the phone, just on where the January 6th hearings are going. Right. And a lot of, a lot of times... Uh, especially in the morning, the 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 focus is always di- diverted, like the, right. the deflected, so to speak. Uh, it's always like Nancy Pelosi didn't arm enough security going right. into, or I mean uh, that wasn't her job, but okay, whatever. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is a lot of this, but I'm like you're missing the. the we, we need to stick down the down the center yeah. line here. Uh, there there appears to be some some coercion. In, within the government and within like white supremacist groups or hate groups, whatever you want to yep. call those, uh, some some collusion here to to try to get into the Capitol and stop the you know changing of the guard, so to speak. Right. And we the, like everything else is deflection. Like we right. need to get to the bottom of whether Why or not that happened, whether that happened, and and we now have strong uh, uh, corroborating evidence that um, that uh, Trump was actively supporting people entering the Capitol, going after the Capitol, while knowing that they were armed. That yeah. is illegal. Yeah, the, the idea that he wanted to get rid of the metal detectors because it wasn't they weren't there to hurt him. Right. Okay, but they were there to hurt somebody. Yeah, they were there to, to hurt Mike Pence, his, his <laughs> own vice president. Right, so there, if, if there are people armed out to hurt other Americans, other yeah citizens then yeah maybe we should we should be putting a stop I mean, to that one of the main things we do is we know that we now know uh from from these uh uh hearings that uh trump actually said that there was no national guard was to be brought out um so there was like a delay of two two and a half hours and it was because trump issued um a rule of a, a statement saying that they will not be brought out because that's his purview that's mm-hmm. his job and if if that's what he wants, then he's the president for a couple more minutes. So that's what he gets, I guess. We'll go back to the phones. Caller, who is this? Hey, this is Rick. Hey, hey Rick. I just uh, a question: How in the heck can the Wisconsin Supreme Court declare a DNR board member whose terms expired not a vacancy and not allow um, an opening to happen? Did you Did you listen to but us? I, 
uh, Rick, did you listen to us yesterday? I, I did not. No, oh, okay. I was traveling. Well, no, that's what, fine. What, I'll just... what, an absurd, what an absurd decision. I will just I say. An absurd decision. I will just say this. We'll talk about it, but I will just say, Rick, if you go to wisdomnews.com slash podcast and listen to yesterday's show, uh, go under Lacrosse Talk PM, you can hear Trigoski's take on it. But I'll set it up again because this is this is one of the things I wanted to talk about with our Supreme Courts kind of going and, a little bonkers. And Rick, I want to I want to tell you I completely agree with you. It is a completely egregious decision. Um, there is no rule of law behind it, uh, so it is a one hundred percent partisan decision uh, that really everyone in Wisconsin should be concerned about. And I want to remind everyone. I mean. I know that we're all focused on the November election and Tony Evers, but four months after that, uh, there's going to be an election for Wisconsin's Supreme Court, and that um, if we were to elect a you know more progressive person to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, it would change from a five-four conservative court to a five-four progressive court, and uh, these kind of heinous decisions would not go through. So that election is going to be a big deal. Prediction on how many millions or billions of dollars are going to go into that race? Not billions, you but don't a think whole... It, will un- we get to a billion? No, we're not going to get to you a don't billion. Think so? Okay. Millions, we just throw. Absolutely. We just like to throw the word billion right. and trillions around. Um, anyway, we, we you know for, for those that don't know, the you, you, Wisconsin Supreme Court just, just ruled that anyone that's appointed in state government does not have to leave their post unless they resign, they die, or they commit some kind of act that gets them forced to remove. Well, or... The Senate confirms their replacement. Yes. And when you have, and, of, and so that means that it's kind of a, a Republican loophole here. Because our districts are so gerrymandered, the Republicans have strong control of the legislature, even when they don't get the votes to warrant that kind of control. They have a strong control of the legislature, which means that the Senate, all they have to do is refuse to uh, confirm someone. And you say all they have to do, all they have been doing. Right. You know, they have already uh, yeah. done this. Yep is refuse to confirm, and then all of the Republican holdovers just keep their job, Yeah, the, just keep their place. So Fred Preen's been, he had a six-year term and ended back in May, so over a year ago, he refused to leave his post, even though Governor Tony Evers uh, nominated Sandra Nass to be confirmed. The Senate then went through a confirming process, confirmed a bunch of people, just left Nass off that, and they did that because Sandra Nass would have flipped the, because everything's partisan, the DNR right. policy board from one seat in the majority for conservatives to one seat in the majority for right. Democrats, and therefore they just said, yeah, we're not going to confirm her. Preen, just keep the keep the position, and now the, the Wisconsin Supreme Court says, Preen, Preen, keep the position for as long as you as long literally, as you yeah. As long as you literally live, yep. So that's that's why. And, and uh, I talked about this this morning. Somebody said I uh, texted in and said I love to hear you libs cry about this, but this isn't a uh, this isn't a liberal conservative Republican Democrat thing. This is a the the subverting the the Democratic ability will of the people. Yeah, I mean we vote for we vote for people like Governor Evers. Uh, we vote for governor because we want that person to make decisions about things like who sits on these boards. And that person wants to in, in, input a team under him right. that is, is going to, you know, it doesn't have to agree with him, but is going to agree with their his his views. His overall, right. But he's going to insert his team. So I, I gave a bad analogy. I think it was yesterday. Just a, a coach takes over a team. He's going to want to put in his offensive coordinator. I know you hate sports. His defensive coordinator, his coach is under him. He's not going to want to take somebody else's coaches and then maybe those coaches are trying to uh, purposely everything he's doing. Under, right which is exactly what's what's happening um all right we'll go back to the phones i think is this tom yes it is hey tom you're on the air with william go ahead you got a question for 
Well, my question is, I listen to the radio in the morning, I listen to the radio in the afternoon. You have, you have completely opposite narratives. You have completely opposite uh, answers, and, and everything, everything's 100% provable, and yet it's diametrically opposed. And it's getting really hard for Joe Average, like me, to tolerate listening to either one of the programs. Uh, I, I heard this morning that President Trump wanted or made available 20,000 National Guardsmen in Nancy Pelosi and the, the people in charge of the Capitol turned him down. Now you got this guy saying that uh, he, he refused to allow the National Guard. Who do you believe? Uh, all right. I'll just, I'll just say this again. It's it's we're just we're just deflecting from what we should be focusing on. We're we're really worried about the National Guard. But William, go ahead. Well, I would just like to say I I went to um, I just Googled um, I Googled um, uh, what was my search criteria, but I just Googled uh, Trump National Guard reject. Um, and there's a fact check from USA Today that says Trump uh, repeats false claim that Pelosi rejected request for National Guards. So there is all over. The, in fact, the several, the first like five hits when I Google Trump refused National Guard are saying that Trump, um, uh, that Pelosi did not refuse anything and that Trump did not allow that. So uh, just a, a quick Google search tells us the truth here. Um, what we should be angry about is uh, the kind of right wing media being allowed to just spew any kind of nonsense they want, call it fact, and then not get called out when well, they make it wrong. Well, average Joe is trying to say that maybe we're spewing the thing right. that isn't a fact. Except I, I would, if anyone, if anyone, and I mean, I own up to my mistakes. I am not perfect, but uh, everything that I'm talking about here, just like I, I've proven here that, uh, you know, uh, Trump did not allow these National Guard troops. I mean, um, you, you you looked at the Internet. So people are just well, yeah. going to say you Googled and you found four links that say the, op- the contrary. But well, also you I found, found four legitimate like <laughs> websites that say that, the, that that it did not happen. But we're at a, uh, so, we're at a place in society where people right. would say those are illegitimate and websites. That does stink. And I, I actually totally agree with you. Um, I wish that news media on all sides, uh, that there were things in place, laws in place that required them to be truthful. This is what I'm this is what I'm getting at though, that we're so worried about whether or not there were enough National Guard troops to stop the crowd. First of all, there was plenty of police officers there. I didn't see them beanbagging and tear gas in the crowd. Second of all, it's still deflecting from the main point is we we may or may not have had government officials within the elected officials right. and maybe candidates as well, trying to subvert the will of the people and right. elect Joe Biden as president. Keep your focus on that and stop worrying about what Nancy Pelosi may or may not have done. It's so ludicrous. Right. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, texter calls, uh, texted in. A texter texted in. Someone texted in and said... Uh, uh, you know, to the contrary, again, we're just fighting about who right. who ordered the who ordered or unordered National Guard security at the Capitol. Again, you're so worried about whether Donald Trump did it or Nancy Pelosi did it because we want to like be able to point the finger and be like, I don't like Donald Trump. He did it. And other people are like, I don't like Nancy Pelosi. And she did it. And we're just it's divert. Div, it's diversion. Stop. Stop just being distracted by the the nonsense 
and worry about whether or not somebody in our government trying to overthrow our election and kill our vice president. <laughs> right. Maybe we should worry about all the people that were in on it or there wasn't an it. That's what we're trying to figure out. Was there an it? Was it a coordinated effort within the government or from outside the government? I mean, the hearings seem to prove that there was a coordinated effort. I mean, I feel like at the, that low bar has been met in terms of proof just from the hearings already. Yes. Um, also, we had plenty of police officers there. I think I just said this. We didn't see a whole lot of tear gassing and baton beating and rubber bullet shooting of uh, people storming the Capitol. Like, that should have happened. If they were storming the Capitol, we should have been plowing through those people, putting them on the ground and putting them in handcuffs and, and throw them into the paddy wagon. Uh, another texter said, uh, let me see here. I got to get back to the right screen. Where is it? Do I wish did Dick record would take you off the air. I think he's talking about me, not you, William. Uh, I don't think I, you could handle doing a show on your own without your quote unquote guests. So you're a quote unquote guest. You're not actually a guest. You liberals are all whiners all the time. When you are in the majority, then everything is great, even though there are differences of opinions. I, I, I'm whining about the government now and we're in the majority. Also, you're whining about me being on the air. So who's whining more? I don't know. Um, all right, we didn't even get to the uh, U.S. Supreme Court decisions, but real quick, like next week, there's going to be a pretty big U.S. Supreme Court decision. Can you kind of sum up what's going to happen in, in one minute? That's not next week. Oh, it's not. No, it's it. Oh, that's right. It's going to happen in November. Right. Exactly. They they acknowledge that they are going to hear the case, but but that means that we won't have an opinion for like a year, year and a half. But this is an opinion basically about um, how much state legislators can control. The vote uh, and the vote and the election results in their state. Federal vote. In other federal, right. In other words, can state legislatures uh, decide that the vote in their state was incorrect and, uh, you know, appoint someone else to a federal seat, to the House, to the Senate, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of a. Uh, an opinion that's going to be brought down. Like I said, it takes it's going to take about a year to hear the case, and then another year it'll to, come about right before twenty twenty four. Exactly, which yeah. is kind of the whole point. Yeah, sometime in twenty twenty three. So it's going to give state legislatures control of uh, whether or not they want to subvert the will of the people. Right. Is it is that fear mongering, or is that kind of what is going on? No, that's pretty much what's going on at this point. Um, it's very hard to um, really think about the term fear mongering right now because. Um, what in normal times would be fear mongering is just straight up what's happening right now. Yeah, it's just uh, it seems the U.S. Supreme Court has made a bunch of decisions that. And remember, the U.S. Supreme Court is made up of five uh, five of the nine. A majority of the justices were appointed by presidents who did not win the national popular vote. They were elected by a minority of people in this country. All right, have a good weekend. We'll end on that note. Bye, everybody. <laughs>